This is The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. The Soul's Intent is a show that boldly claims that it can help reveal where you are on the spiritual path. Learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. Listen, and in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice. This is The Soul's Intent, and now here's your host, Ernie Vecchio. always going to be calculating and reorienting because life is is not predictable it's going to it's going to knock you off off kilter mm-hmm. and at some point you're going to have to reset and uh, so yeah mm-hmm. it's not a it's, it's not being self-responsible i mean and until that until you mature to that place of being self-responsible you you do get you can get caught up into the drama what we get caught up in is that the ego thinks it uh, thinks that it's um, uh, it's a pendulum, when in fact it's a balancing act. There is no there is no mm-hmm. pendulum, and, uh, mm-hmm. and so so the, the the human soul sees it as a balancing act, uh, where the where the ego sees it as a pendulum, one extreme or the other, Ooh. and there is Ooh, no that that is a really good way because I was in um, what I wrote you about. Um, the ego, I was trying to figure out, and I, I know you've done this before, you do it in your writing, but um, how how to define um, the importance that, yes, as human beings, we have an ego. How do you define the ego and as necessary, and how do you make the ego um, something healthy? What you just said did it. It's not um, a, a pendulum. It's um, it's a balance. How did you put it? Yes. Yeah. That's what I well, and, and so ego. and so that's mm. well. And if you look at and that's really what the symbol of the cross makes. If you put if you drew mm. if, you, if you put two lines, you know, uh, in where they intersect, uh, the ego is on the horizontal line, and the soul is on the vertical line, and so the. So they're they're really not exclusive and operating independent one another. It's a symb- it's symbiosis again. Those that mm-hmm. uh, that horizontal and vertical line are working together to find a center, a place that that we call the center. And and it doesn't coincidence mm-hmm. when you superimpose that over the body that the center is the heart. So mm-hmm. so the mm-hmm. the ego goes back and forth. Imagine you're on this proverbial swing. And the heart is beneath your feet, and you're swinging mm-hmm. out and back and out and back over it until you finally just kind of and then imagine you know the gravity just finally slows down, and then pretty soon you come to a still point above the center. That would be the heart. If you put a if you put a person, a child or a person, on a swing that goes back and forth across the horizontal line, and you put the heart at the center of where the feet would be when they get off that swing, which is what they're grounded in, which is what the human condition mm-hmm. is grounded in. The mm-hmm. still point is when the swinging stops. And what is gravity? Well, gravity is nothing but the push and pull of life itself. So when the push and pull of life itself stops for a moment, the swing is now still above its original starting point, which is the heart. Mm-hmm. So look at, look at the whole concept of stillness with that image. How long can you keep it quiet? I mean, the masters say maybe 30 seconds. 
can keep the mind quiet. And the way you do it is by dropping into your heart. I mean, that but really you can't stay, But you can't stay in that still point. You can't stay in that still point for very long. And the only way, the only way you, you can't stay in the heart for very long. You can't stay in the still point. I'm not going to say the heart. I'm just going to say the still point. Mm-hmm. You cannot get away from the influence of gravity. The push-pull of life itself is constantly there. The only way you get away from the push-pull of life is go live in a cave somewhere. And then you just have the push-pull of the life in that cave, which would just be you against yourself and you against the elements. But either way. Uh Yes, of course. Of course. That makes total sense. So when I reflect back, almost like they're saying there's a way that we can not be human. I guess maybe they're taking the art of what it means to be human and just talking about it Mm. like we're a machine. If we could just get to the place of Mr. Spock, I mean, you know, this, you know, a long time ago, people brought up Spock's character in, in Star Trek, you know, his logic and, you know, and this is the place. Well, that's the ego, that's the adult ego state and, and Eric Burns' TA model logic. Yeah, but that was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, well, but you find out during, but you find out, but you find out during the whole Star Trek series is that logic is wonderful, but without feeling, it's kind of bland and it's kind of stale yeah. and this is and so and mm-hmm. so the two, and what makes a human being is the combination of both of those things every single thing that we do every single thing that we are everything every single thing that life is is really just nothing but perpetual symbiosis i mean everything is related everything is connected one thing is feeding off the other impacting the other and the the challenge that we have as a species on this planet, is to be very aware of the symbiosis itself. What do we have a symbiotic relationship with and what do we not? I was reading an article this past evening, uh, uh, it was kind of a corny thing, why is it that poisonous snakes and poisonous frogs don't die from their own poison? (laughs) And it's it's a really good question, you know, and of course... And, of course, biology has bothered to, to answer the question that they have enzymes and, uh, and certain, right. uh, uh, certain kind, of, kind of organs in their body that protects them from their own poison. Well, so oh. there's a, that's, a, that's, that's a good example where it's poisonous to us. It isn't poisonous to them. That it's, it's built in their uh-huh. DNA. It's built, and this is nature. So nature works. How is it that it can create an animal that is poisonous to us but not poisonous to itself? Yeah, yes, so, and I can take that to remembering, not losing contact with your own soul, because when you lose contact with that, you are more likely to be poisoned by the psychological existence. I think you lose contact with your problem solver, you know, and, and this is, oh, yeah. Yeah, when, I mean, the, the only way you're going to be able to solve any problem is to stand as far back from it as you can get and see the whole of it, which is that objective place that the soul stands in, and then see both the both sides or all the sides simultaneously so you can then begin to solve the problem without the vantage point mm-hmm. of objectivity. And this is what logic is. Logic is objective, but you can't throw out subjectivity because then you take out any flavor to life and any flavor to what it is you're working on. So, so it's that again, it's a balancing act somewhere in between objectivity and subjectivity that we're all trying to get to. This is what makes us human. Mm-hmm. Any extremes on anything, and you're you're missing the point. If I'm doing anything, I'm just trying to mm-hmm. give a 
give give a larger context for it and, and and just bring it back into people's awareness. You're really a very good um spiritual interpreter because mm. you're what you're doing is you're you're clarifying. You're clarifying and you're simplifying, you're putting um spiritual awareness into a context that can be more easily understood. That kind of helper is rare. I, I just think it's rare. Well, in the mm-hmm. same way that that people can can do RET or REBT or transactional analysis or psychodynamic, if they stay in the language of those theories and philosophies, they can do it. But if they have to then change it to meet the person where they are, that is where the art is. You know, to be able, and that's what my my patient base ended up forcing me to do is how do I, not how much do I dumb this down, but how do I find the language that uh, that fits where they are? You know, how do I creatively get get at what it is I'm trying to teach somebody about mm-hmm. these different things and uh, in a language that they can understand? It's the dialogue and the conversation that kind of um, brings out a different story. In my mind, I just had this picture of of uh, us being on a this horizontal plane, and uh, and we're on it every day, day in, day out, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. We're on this horizontal mm-hmm. plane, going back and forth mm-hmm. to the bank and the store and to our place of work. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden, something vertical drops out of the sky, and we go, "Oh my gosh, there are two dimensions here." A horizontal one, oh, wow. a horizontal yeah. one, and and, a, and this other one that just fell out of the sky, uh, and so that that's it. I mean, the the vertical mm. dimension, and that, and that's what I like about what uh, James Hillman said that, that we we come into the world head first and grow towards our feet. That there is a to see the vertical dimension, we have to look up at our feet, not look down at our heads, and uh, which is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And looking up, it really is the vertical plane. That is a really, really clear way to put that. And the other one is really kind of, how would you know the Earth is round if you didn't look up? You would only think it's flat. <laughs> yeah. And so look up means also go up. So you have to, so we could travel, we could believe the world is flat and go forever and but we have to do reality tests. We've talked about that before. We'd have to see if we fall off the edge. Well, the the majority of the population, 68% of the population, doesn't want to get in a vehicle and find out if the edge is real. They would just be, they're quite comfortable with not knowing that the edge is real and build their entire belief system and lives around the not knowing. The people that need to know, uh, the vertical people, they want to get up above the experience and look down at it from that above position and yeah, see, and, see right. the, and see the truth mm-hmm. yeah and and actually that visual that you just gave and and how you describe that helps me understand kind of what i'm still in the process of integrating it's kind of like the little kid you know push me push me when they start mm-hmm. to slow down well this is the angst this is a human experience push me push me What's going to push me today? What's going to push me today? What's going to motivate me today? How do I keep the swing going? Because if I stop, well, then I, that's too scary. They got to get off. They have to see life as it is. They have to, they have to take responsibility.
this is what this is what Tolley's calling presence is when the swing stops. In that moment of presence, they, mm-hmm. you know, the ego would focus on push me, push me. The soul would say, get off. You're you you've arrived at your destination. Get off the swing. Um, <laughs> but what the ego says is push me, push me. In other words, I need some more gravity. I need some more angst. Also, if the ego is saying that, push me, push me, it's looking for, still looking for the push coming from the external, not Mm -hmm. realizing that um, to really reach that place of feeling like you have um, kind of a peaceful movement would be to look inside. You, You are always moving, but it's not... A searching for for something on the external. Since the human angst has never really gone uh, internally, that what what changes for me is is that now what's what's causing the swing to continue to move is breath, the wind. Mm-hmm. So if you just if you, so uh, imagine that a string a swing that is being pushed by an outside external force finally settles and stops. It doesn't stop. 100% because the wind keeps moving, uh, the words, the breath. Consciously choosing kind of where to turn your your sail on that on that boat that is you, consciously knowing what yeah. direction, trusting you north. That's the orientation to the task. If you're sitting sideways mm-hmm. on the swing, <laughs> you're not going to get, you're not going to have the same experience if you're sitting with your face forward. Or if you're looking at your past, your face backwards. If you turn around and face backwards on the swing, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, all of that's all metaphorical. But yeah, so it's. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even in the even in the quietest time, you're still moving. That's the point. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but now it's internal. Huh. But now it's internal, not external. It's mm-hmm. subtle, but yeah. yet it's still there. And so that's where the shadow, the mm-hmm. human shadow, comes in. The ego doesn't think you're moving fast enough or that the subtlety of the of the breath isn't enough to you're not going as high as you'd like to go today then the shadow gets involved to me that's so crystal clear like how we're not going to get rid of the shadow we're not going to become totally light it's the integrating within the two it's always been a balancing act it's never been extremes and uh but this is what the ego does. The ego thinks in extremes, and and we're up against that right now in the culture. I mean, the culture has been going, moving in this direction of extremes for a while, and we've moved from the mm-hmm. self-blame, self-punishment to self-loathing and self-hatred. Uh, at least generations of us have that the older generations are looking at it in kind of shock. Like, how'd we get here? And the younger generations are going like, you know, because we have no place to call home. Like the guy says in the song, we don't fit anywhere. Nobody gets us. Nobody understands us. We just want to die. Yeah, the older generations can't see how that happens. This idea of um, transcending the ego, and um, that's what we were going to do for for a topic, and I think we've kind of gone around that in this conversation, to to think that we can transcend the ego is not um, something that's going to happen. It shouldn't even be the goal. The goal should be how do we use our story, how do we find a moral to our story so that we can calm the swing and then remind the ego what it's swinging above, uh, Mm -hmm. which is the the heart itself. 
Yes, exactly. And and how do you calm the the swing? You've given one example of the um, uh, pendulum that the ego is not. Um, it's like the needle on the compass. It's like anything. It's magnetic. Mm-hmm. If you if you can imagine that um, the heart is the um, is one pole and the swing is the other. That they're not repelling, yes. they're, that the that they're opposites. That as soon as the swing, as soon as the shadow's out of the way and the gravitational force is not so extreme, that you can feel the subtleness of the heart's magnetic field, it will stabilize yes. the swing. In other words, the swing will, when it gets slow enough, like the needle on a compass, it will it will stay uh, magnetically connected to the heart. That's the goal. Was how do we yes. first of all? How do we find the field of energy that is that that is the heart's magnetic uh, field? And the answer is mm-hmm. we've got to slow down the extreme the the extreme back and forth of it all, so to the extent mm-hmm. that we can begin and get the subtle effect of the heart's field of energy, which is um, mm-hmm. which is the center, and then in that centered mm-hmm. place is all the teachings say we can then recover compassion and see the world for not just what it what it isn't but for what it is and and begin to embrace that uh, and realize that these extremes have never worked would this be a true statement um that you can't have a healthy present day ego if you're not connected to your heart yeah well your your ego is not how about if i said that your um You've got your ego turned around in such a way that when it comes in contact with the heart, it repels it. It doesn't attract it. Ooh. Just like just like a Ooh. magnet, just like a magnet would do. Your your ego is turned around. Mm. Yeah, it's so. In other words, that's what oriented to the task would be. First, you got to get the mm. the magnetic field of the ego pointing in the direction of the heart, because the other side would repel it, just like a magnet would do. And, oh uh, my gosh. Yeah, and then and that's so that's so once you get oriented to the task, then you start uh relieving the uh the gravitational angst that is causing uh you to go back and forth and back and forth, which is means you slow down the mental activity and you get present with your mental activity in such a way that you begin to feel the subtle influence of the magnetic pull of the heart's field of energy and then lo and behold the swing will come to a a stop, a stillness, <sighs> and bam, there you are. So how do you get the ego turned around that it's, it's not repelling the heart? Uh, stop looking mm-hmm. over your shoulder. Move your, put your eyes, <laughs> put your eyes forward. Yeah, turn around on the swing. The ego is is fretting about the past and and afraid of the future. Mm-hmm. So get your mm-hmm. body oriented. That's why I like the, that that story of Three Little Pigs. I mean, if you're looking over your shoulder. You run right past the compass. If you have your eyes forward, then you get into the first stages of connecting to the compass, which now mm. is fragile and straw-like. And then when fear comes around the second time, you are still not turned around correctly on the swing, and you have to. So you run from fear with your eyes looking over your shoulder again. You've got to get your eyes forward, back onto the, so you can get to the next level. So, so this business of, of quieting the the the, the ego's fears is a process. Uh, it's experiential of keeping mm-hmm. your eyes forward when you are afraid and running from your fears. 
uh, if you keep your eyes forward, you can see where you're going. If you keep your eyes forward, then fear is a motivator. It isn't there to take you out. Yeah, that's true presence, what you just described. Well, that's that what I mean all the time, Irma. When I say you need to get oriented to the task, I mean, there's so many different mm-hmm. examples that I could give you on what that means. But it that's the this example we're talking now is the is is another way to say it. I mean that that how important is it to get the ego oriented to the task? Well, you can't get the ego oriented to anything if you're trying to transcend it. If you're trying to deny it, act like it doesn't exist, it doesn't have a Very function. General. It mm-hmm. does have a function, and its its function is to get turned around on the swing so that it can slow down enough to feel the magnetic connection it has, the symbiotic connection it has with the heart. If it isn't turned around, if it doesn't catch up with itself, if it doesn't look forward and and look and, and be in a kind of a present tense kind of way, it isn't. It's going to miss miss that that relationship between it and the heart we got turned around on the swing because that's life we're facing in the wrong direction and worrying about the past and fretting about the future because we're conditioned to do those things we get taken away from what we are in the beginning which is naturally connected to all these forces i'm describing naturally and symbiotically connected to all these forces we don't need to contaminate them or to disrupt them with a bunch of external garbage. It's all built in mm-hmm. to the human experience. So the more that we the more that we try to add on, the more we try to figure things out, the further away we get. We took these natural horizontal and vertical dimensions and put them in opposition to one another. Ironically to say if you want to get back if you want to get back to the vertical dimension, follow me. If you want to get back to the vertical dimension, live this way. If you want to get back to the vertical dimension, when you came into the world already connected horizontally and vertically to all of this, and then life comes comes out and pushes the swing, and we change positions on the swing, and pretty soon we're at the mercy of the swing mm-hmm. and forget how we started on all that. A very small percentage of the, of the population realizes that there's life beyond the swing. We've gotten away from trusting our own self. We've we've looked outside ourselves for the answers. We've looked outside ourselves. How about this? We forgot that being on the swing was play. <laughs> you know, that... Uh, That's good. Yeah. yeah we forgot yeah. that being, being on the swing was recess. We forgot being on the swing uh, was a was a time out was a moment of reflection it was uh it was playful it was uh it wasn't all serious and you know then that's part of the problem that we get we got so caught up uh, in the so caught up in the drama of our lives we forgot that initially it was just play yeah and another way to say that is we got caught up in fear well yeah of course and and what are we playing with mm-hmm. well initially we were playing uh with uh, our friends and our toys and all the things that children play with. But then as we grew up, we began to start playing with those dimensions, which is really important because one is in our imagination and one is real. Mm-hmm. And and they mm-hmm. and so playing with the dimension of imagination and reality becomes the new adult version of that swing. And if mm-hmm. we're not prepared for how far our imagination can take us away from the truth, then we're stuck. And the truth isn't always... Mm-hmm you know, isn't always pleasant and isn't always pretty, but it it is reliable. 
And it's usually right in front of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being a part of The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible. While problems manifest psycho-spiritually, on a most essential level, there exists an energy component that provides the instructions for these fields to enter awareness. And the soul's intent is here to help you learn what these instructions are. Join us each week to learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom, and how in an instant learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice.